NBA blew up, baseball blew up. Good UFC card too, plus the Super Bowl this weekend. B Quan, cut the music. We are back. Six Inside Podcast, episode 39, NBA trade deadline day. Uh we'll have we'll have talk about that. Don't worry. It, it'll just be a little later. Uh we're, here's how this is gonna go. We're gonna do some breaking news first, talk some fighting for the first time. Uh fighting Not specifically UFC. Uh it's uh Scott's sun maxing segment, five minutes of fighting. Uh <laughs> So should sponsored. be, uh, yeah, <laughs> sponsored. That's our first sponsor. Yeah, first Sorry, ever. It's Lindy. There we go. Uh, maybe maybe a little baseball labor breakdown too. I don't know. Uh, breaking news: uh, Dick Dick Cass retired uh, from the Ravens. Pause. I just wanted to say that because his name is really funny. Uh, Pause. He, yeah, he was like their president or something like that. Uh, yeah, just wanted to get that out of the way. Uh, MLB labor negotiations are set to resume Saturday, I believe. Uh, owners and players are actually getting back to the table, which is pretty big. Spring training games are presumably going to start with just minor league players, aka non-40-man guys, which is hilarious. I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but we'll see as we approach. We'll see. Uh if I sound very freaked out next podcast over this, uh, it's not a good sign. As of now, I'm pretty concerned, but we're, we're, we're staying steady. So uh, Schultz, floor is yours. Uh, we're going to get the UFC out of the way to start. Uh, like I said, great card coming up this weekend. And then we'll go football, and then we'll break down the whole deadline. Yeah, thanks, AIDS. So, Scott, you requested this, so... We'll go through it. You know, I was going to pick the Izzy card to do this for. So I'm just going to talk about the the title fight. So it's Izzy versus Robert Whitaker. And right now the line is like minus 250-ish for Izzy. So I don't love like the value and just that. If I was going to pick one way to bet it, I would probably go Izzy by decision because I think it's, I don't think Robert's going to get knocked out again. He was really like amped up. He was really pumped last time. And it like kind of like Izzy really got in his head the last time they fought. And you could tell because Robert was just trying to go for that kill shot and Izzy just tired him out and then just picked him apart. I think Robert's going to be a lot more composed this time just because last time he was like going back-to-back fights, like he just wanted to maintain his crown. But he's gone through a few like solid contenders that we thought we were going to be contenders, but they're just absolutely not after Robert destroyed all three of them. So I think he's coming off like a high right now. And I think it's going to be a good fight, but I think Izzy's going to, I think he's just a better fighter. They'll keep the distance better. So going Izzy there. Anybody have any thoughts? Um, I don't have any thoughts, but UFC 4 is free on the PlayStation Store right now if you want to download it. Say less. I I just hope both fighters have fun. Uh, (laughs) Good, clean fight. To uh, potentially reach the five-minute threshold. The fight right before that main event is yeah. a good one also. It's my balls was hot versus tied to Avasa. Who is that the shot Shoei games. guy? Yep, yeah, Shoei guy. There we go. The Nelk boy guy. Two absolute electric factories going at it. Uh, I think there's actually some decent value with 
Tuivasi at plus 154. Um, I think it's going to be a good fight. Two big guys. Um, should be a good heavyweight battle right before the, the main event. So uh, I have one. It's from the early prelims. I'm, I'm rocking with Blood Diamond just because his name is Blood Diamond. Uh, wait, my what? apologies. That is March 15th. That is, or match 15. I can't read. Okay, no, no apologies here. It is the first prelim of this card. Is between Jeremiah Wells and Blood Diamond. I'm rocking with Blood Diamond here. At uh, ESPN has him plus 190. Oh my God. That's a crazy nickname. (laughs) Yeah, that's quite the, uh... oh, it's his UFC debut. All right, he's going to win. Yeah, okay. I'll be tuning in for that. I, I'll watch Blood Diamond. All right. Uh, did I miss something? Oh, yeah, Super Bowl. I did miss something. Uh, Pro Bowl happened, too. Uh, most most of the country missed that. Thank God. I don't think I've watched that game ever. Like, I don't. Yeah, no, no. I, I don't think I've ever watched a Pro Bowl. Uh, God, imagine how damn bad you must be to watch a Pro Bowl rerun. I just thought of that. Like, you know how they'll, like, cycle through the old games? You think they've ever ran, like, a Pro Bowl after the fact? On, like, late-night TV or something? Probably. There's probably, like, exciting ones back in the day. Yeah, like, three in the morning NFL Network on, like, a <laughs> yeah. Tuesday night. Oh, yeah. Especially during, like, early COVID, they probably just had to, like, dig in deep <laughs> to, like, the well to find, like, something. <laughs> yeah. Facts. Yeah, but uh, enough about the Pro Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl coming up. This won't be too long. Uh, I'll start with Hot's uh, Hot's take on the events. Uh, first off, he's thrilled. Obviously, uh, he says, "Who day?" Uh, Bengals twenty-seven to twenty-one. McPherson kicks two field goals to tie Vinatieri's postseason record. So that's his prediction. Uh, I realize now that I was going to make my prediction. I was going to say McPherson wins MVP, but the Rams win. That is not possible at all. Uh, I think the Rams come away with it. And I'm going to go with Von Miller being Super Bowl MVP. Getting really, really fucking weird. Uh, so that's a. I'm going to say. Hmm, let's go. 2817 Rams. Damn. All right. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I think the Rams are gonna win. I hope it's a good game. I think I hope it's better than the last time the Rams were in the Super Bowl because that was one of the worst Super Bowls ever. So, but I think with both of these offenses, it's gonna be a fun game to watch. And I think I'm gonna lean Rams just because I trust both sides of their ball a little bit more than the Bengals to get it done there's a lot more there's a lot of talent on both sides but i just think the rams are a little bit more talented and they've been there and they're at home which we all know the home team in the super bowl undefeated so want to know right um but yeah i'm gonna take the for my prop i'm just gonna do a prop bet too uh seattle never talked or seattle gave me that the idea so i'm stealing it but jamar chase over four and a half rushing yards like he said they've been using him in sweeps uh, for the past couple games, he's, I mean, four and a half seems really low. Seattle got it at two and a half, right? Is that what you said? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I should have been on it right away, but I, I'm still feeling good at four and a half. 
that's yeah, that's yeah. my take guys that's a great prop i i, uh, I love that prop um uh i just think yeah jamar chase is going to be used a ton in this game um and if it, if the Bengals do win i think he could definitely be somebody who could also win like super bowl mvp or something like that uh um in my opinion i think that the, i think i'm going to pick the Bengals to win this game to pick a score probably like 28 to 21 i think it's gonna be pretty low scoring throughout most of the game um uh i just think well i could see both offenses accumulating a ton of yards throughout the game i think in the red zone um that is where you know we'll see these defenses really tightening up uh and as we've seen like you know in the and then that Bengals titans game the Bengals were able to really move the ball effectively but we're re- really struggling to score in the red zone. And I think the Rams are going to be able to throw a lot of similar types of uh, situations at them. Like Joe Burrow in that game got sacked like nine times, but was still able to really move the ball. I could see, I could see, I could see something like that happening with Aaron Donald, just like feasting, but still just like Burrow's able to make clutch throw after clutch throw um, on third down. Um, and, the prop I would choose is uh, Cooper Cup over eight and a half receptions. Um, I just feel like, I mean, that should be easy in a game like this. Uh, the Rams should be going to him early and often throughout the entire game. Um, I'll throw another one at you, like plus 500 for him to be the first touchdown scorer. Like, why not? Like, this guy has been phenomenal throughout the playoffs, throughout the whole season. It's probably wouldn't have been one of the most dominant res- uh, seasons we've seen for a wide receiver um so yeah like i i love those two props um and then for super bowl mvp i really just one person that comes to mind is uh trey hendrickson i think his ability uh to kind of get into the backfield and um maybe force like a couple fumbles against stafford could really be the difference in this game uh he's been all over the place throughout the playoffs and late in the season um he's just very impressive very he's just in a very oppressive player and one of the best signings that Cincinnati's made in a long time. Yeah. I'm gonna kind of piggyback off the successful kicking talk of Evan McPherson for the Bengals. Um, I do think the Rams are going to win this game. Uh, Like Schultz said, just think just overall talent across the board is uh, more significant, and um, I just like like that Rams defensive line against the Bengals O line. I mean, we saw what what they did, uh, what the Titans did against that O line, and I would say that the Rams have significantly better talent than that. So um, I think that's gonna make it hard for Burrow, but we've obviously seen him make big throws even under pressure. And I think they're going to move the ball a lot down the field, but I think, you know, once they get down in field goal range, they might get stopped here and there. Um, So that leads me into my kicking or my betting prop, which does involve kicking. It's a pick them for most points scored by kicker, Evan McPherson and Matt Gay both minus 112. I love McPherson there. Like I said, I think the Bengals are going to be moving the ball, but just get stifled uh, in field goal range. So 
I expect him to be putting up some points there, but I'm going to go Rams 28, Bengals 24, Super Bowl MVP, Odell Beckham. Was it decided we were taking Super Bowl MVP and I just skipped it? Because if so, it just started with that, so I just rolled with it. <laughs> okay, because you guys all gave yours, and now I feel left out. You want to get one? Man. No, I don't want to. <laughs> no one will win. No one wins MVP. <laughs> nah, Let's be I real. If the, the Bengals win, it's going to be Joey B. It's an absolute hype award. You're probably not wrong there. I mean, I it'll. I'm going cop. Bye. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just think it's still crazy that the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. I mean, a lot of people at the beginning of the year didn't even think they had a chance to make the playoffs, and now look at them. I mean, it just shows what having a explosive offense can do. Even, you know, their defense has been good at times. It still has some deficiencies, and, you know, a lot of people were worried about the offensive line, but – if you can, you know, make quick throws and you have three receivers that can make plays off like slants and quick, quick passes, it's uh, it keeps you in every game. And when you got a, a gamer like Joe Burrow, who just all he has known is winning, uh, it shows what where you can go. Um, but you know, I just think it's going to be tough with all the circumstances. Uh, the Rams have been there. It's it's in their home stadium, but I have a feeling that Cincinnati is going to overwhelm that stadium because there's no actual Rams fans. It's just all L.A. celebrities who just want to post on their Instagram story that they were at SoFi. Um, and, I, I mean, I honestly don't want to see their team win, but uh, I just think it's – I'm just rooting for a good game, to be honest. Uh, it would it would definitely be a good story to see the Bengals win after just being an absolute poverty franchise up until this year. But, um, you know, I don't know if I can give Jake Hot that satisfaction. Tell me why um, the position of MVP prop for on DraftKings – the long snapper has the same odds as the punter and the kicker. That's so fucking like, I know it's just like special teams guy, but like, that's so stupid. <laughs> you can make <laughs> like a play long. on a punt strip, make a, yeah. but if the long something. snapper specifically, <laughs> the long snapper should not have the same ads, odds as a kicker. Yeah, anyone yeah. who bets the long snapper to win Super Bowl MVP should just you should just have your account closed. You should not be able to bet. <laughs> Said they'll give you more money to bet with. Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, Aids, are you back? Aids said he was going to eat. Otherwise, I think we should just go into NBA regardless. But I like how Aids transitions. This this is my transition of talking through it. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of things happened. Kylie, I think you're probably the best place to start because your team is probably the most second most, probably the most active team in the trade deadline. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty satisfied with the moves that we made. Um, 
you know, I guess referring back to a tweet that I sent in our group chat with the 10th overall pick in 2010, it was either the 10th pick or the 11th pick when we took Paul George. We got seven years out of Paul George, flipped him for Oladipo and Sabonis, and got a couple of years out of them, flipped Oladipo for Levert, and then here we are with Levert and Sabonis, and we flipped Levert for Ricky Rubio's uh, expiring contract, and he's out for season, so I'm sure he'll never don a – Nice gold and navy uniform in Indianapolis, but um, it should clear up some cap space for next year. And we also got a first-round pick for this upcoming draft, which is lottery-protected, but there's no chance that the Cavs are going to be in the lottery unless they absolutely collapse. So we'll be getting that pick. And then we also got two second-rounders, and one of those second-rounders is a – Houston Rockets second round pick for this upcoming draft, which should be basically an extension of the first round, a very early second round pick. And, you know, for Sabonis, I really liked that, that deal as well. Um, I was not expecting that. That was a major Woj bomb uh, to get a player that has a lot of, potential and has already been very good as well is very exciting I was expecting just to get some picks and you know the Pacers do have a a long history of drafting some seven foot unathletic dudes so you never know with those picks but um, to get a guy that's already certified in the NBA um, has a lot of room to still get better and hopefully this new expanded role will help him continue to develop. I was kind of hoping that we would flip Buddy Heald for something. I mean, I'd honestly take anything. I don't want to pay that man 20 mil a year for the next two years to just be 30 years old and already be at a ceiling and be a decent shooter. But, I mean, we got Halliburton out of it and – um Tristan Thompson as well. Hopefully, Khloe Kardashian, baby, makes some appearances in Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Get that place filled up. Like, Lowest attendance in the NBA, you know. Is, hopefully that, is that real? Chloe, oh, yeah, this whole year. Uh, hopefully, Chloe brings out some, uh, some people. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited for the future. Wish we would have made a couple more moves, but – Excited about the direction of where we're going. It could be a couple tough years coming up, but some young talent and hopefully some more draft picks coming in that hopefully are good. Yeah, I mean – Which trade? We were talking about just the Pacers we're giving Kylie. General. Yeah, Kylie was giving us his rundown. And that's all we've really talked about uh, as far as NBA. Awesome. Awesome, yeah. awesome, awesome. Uh, can I can I hop in on the Pacers right quick? I don't. Of course. I don't think it's gonna be a long turnaround, really. Uh, I think you're looking at maybe like one to two years. 
Like, I, I really think it's that short, given the pieces that are kind of in place and on the roster. Like, next season, I'm assuming you're going to be rocking with just guys that are coming back. McConnell, Halliburton, Duarte, Goga, Isaiah Jackson. Uh, I think I don't know if Brissett has a uh, partial guarantee or a player option, but if that's a partial, then you bring him back. Uh, Buddy... And then Miles Turner, presumably. So is isn't Brogdon on a contract too? Yeah, and Brogdon. Brogdon too. Yeah. So Brogdon can get moved um at some point, but that's that's a pretty solid start. Plus, depending on where you're gonna be able to draft with these picks, uh I'm pretty uh confident it shouldn't be as long of a turnaround, I guess, as initially anticipated. Um I think we're all pretty high on Halliburton uh, as a, as a collective. Um, I know I loved him coming out of school, but kind of looking at these trades individually, the Levert one, I'm going to kind of ignore just because I don't like, I like it for Cleveland for Indiana. It's pretty self-explanatory. But the Sabonis one in particular, kind of in, especially when you look at the bigger picture of what Sacramento has been able to accomplish I really, really like what they've uh, what they've done here. The uh, the Sabonis fit was way better, I guess, than I anticipated it could have been. Even just watching their team last night, the biggest issue is like they're gonna have to score about 150 every night because <laughs> ain't nobody defending on that team. Um, but the Kings actually had a very, very good deadline, and surprisingly, I didn't think I would say this when I first read the names, but it started with that exchange. I think it's a true win-win trade at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. If I could add on to that, as like originally I was probably like the only person in the world who was supportive of the Kings trade, <laughs> side of the trade. I, but uh, I mean, I did like what the, obviously what the Pacers did getting Halburn. Like we all love him and um, like, he's going to be a really good player for a long time. It's just all of a matter of like, how they continue to rebuild their team at this point. And like you said, Aiden, like they're in a great spot. Like they have good players. They have assets to be able to use in the draft. Um, and with Sacramento, with that trade, it was really just about like they, their roster kind of all throughout this past few years, like they've been trying to contend, trying to be better, trying to make the playoffs. And it's just like they're the, the players that they've had have not been able to mix together. And it's in a backwards way, you know, it's like they didn't build the roster around like their best player, which who was Hal Burton. And then they, you know, instead went the route of it's like, how, okay, we've already paid Beer and Fox, the super max, like we're not gonna be able to get anything for him at this point. So we kind of just have we're, like, they're in a, they're in a position where it's like, okay, who's a player that we can, that we can trade for, that will provide us at least something to be able to help maximize with the rest of our roster, at least some of the pieces that are going to be here long-term. And I think with they, with what they did, like getting rid of Bagley and getting some of the, like getting DiVincenzo and Trey Lyles, I think those are some excellent additions off the bench. Um, the only one thing I would say that I was kind of uh, confused of what didn't happen is um, that Rashawn Holmes did not get traded uh, I figured that was a bit that that was definitely a big piece that they could have moved, but also like he's a center. It's not it's not too consequential to like their roster. Like it's they have great depth at that position now, and going into the off season, they'd probably be able to get a good deal set up for a shooter. Um, 
So it'll be really interesting to see how they go. But like you said, yeah, like they, they need to get some defense immediately because they don't really have any. <laughs> yeah. And uh, real quick too, on Bagley, I am very confident that Cade Cunningham will be able to fix him. Uh, just as a point guard, there's no expectations in Detroit either. All you need to do is just be a lob threat at the rim, which is something that they don't really like beef stew is good and all, but I don't think he really offers that. Um, so I'm, I'm confident in Bagley. And if it don't work here, it ain't going to work anywhere in the States. You're going to have to go play overseas to make it work. Cause, uh, this is, uh, this is, <laughs> this is kind of it for him. Um, I guess we'll let, let's, let's kind of take that Bagley card then. And, uh, we'll, we'll roll with that into the, uh, the full kind of four team trade that the uh, Kings ended up doing. All right. Kings trade round two. We had a uh, DiVincenzo, Trey Lyles and Josh Jackson coming in. The Bucks got a Baca two seconds and some cash. The Clippers got Rodney hood and semi Ojale and uh, a salary dump deal. We, we we're ignoring the Clippers here. Uh, already talked Pistons. Let's talk strictly Kings and Bucks. Schultz, floor is yours. What does Abaka need to, I guess, provide for you guys to uh, continue being the uh, favorites in the East, I would say? He just needs to be that depth at that center position. Um, Still have no idea when Brooks coming back. He could be back tomorrow. He could be back never. I have no fucking clue. So at the minimum, he's insurance just at the center position. So we have between him and Bobby, uh, two people that can kind of do – stretch the floor as a five and also play good enough defense. Abaka obviously is a little bit better at defense than Bobby Portis, but they're essentially the same player. It's definitely a depth move. And I like it a lot. Um, come playoff time, he'll be, we'll be able to throw him at some bigger bodies. Um, and I mean, he just has that experience. Um, he's been on a bunch of great teams and he's a great player. I expect him to fit in well. He hasn't played a ton of minutes this year. So I'm hoping that's a little bit of the injuries, but a little bit of just load management too. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping we get our fresh surge Abaca for the regular season, and then hopefully Brook Lopez comes back, and then we have absolute crazy depth at the center position. And then one last thing, just about the whole trade in general, uh, we traded away Rodney and Semi Ojale as well as Dante. I love Dante. The other two can kick rocks, um, but this opens us up for the buyout market that'll be coming in shortly. Um, so I'm hoping we add probably some depth at the guard position, just uh, honestly, anything, um, rumor is Eric Bledsoe is on the radar. So I would, I would love to see Eric Bledsoe back on, uh, back in Milwaukee. He was great. Just not in the playoffs. The <laughs> other, um, uh, the other one kind of buyout wise is the Raptors Spurs one for, uh, Goron. Yeah. I, I think between I'd rather have Eric Bledsoe just because he's a, he's a good defender at the minimum. We could throw him on a bunch of people. Um, I don't know. He just gives drew that he's just like a better Jeff Teague. Cause Jeff Teague fucking sucked. And he was our backup point guard last year. So I'd rather have Bledsoe than Jeff Teague. We have yeah, too. And so. with, with the uh, so, Goron's going to, he's going to Dallas almost a hundred percent. So that full trade, first off, I'm never eating during a pot again. Anytime I bite is when everything gets quiet. So we're just going to go on a little <laughs> hunger strike over here. Um, so the full trade, we had Thad Young, Drew Eubanks, and the Pistons second rounder go to the Raptors for 
Uh, Goran Dragic, a Toronto first rounder, protected uh, one through 14. Goran's going to get bought out. He's he's going to the maps. It's like a foregone conclusion. Uh, Eubanks also, I believe, got waived as well. Uh, real quick, wanted to talk about just from a draft perspective. I've been thinking about this a little bit kind of throughout the day. I saw some uh, some people kind of echo the sentiment on Twitter too, and I have to agree with them. Uh, right now, that Raptors pick is 20th. Uh, odds are with this move, that pick goes a little deeper into... Like, let's say, let's say they moved to 22, right? So you're picking at 22 now when previously you were picking at 31st overall with the, uh, with that Pistons second round pick a drop off of 10 picks in this draft from the, from that late in the first round to the second round is about like the least consequential it has ever been for picks ranging, like, let's say 20 to 40 or something like that. Right. The quality of player that's going to be there at 20 really might not be all that different from the quality of player that's going to be available at like 30 or 31. And the only cost for Toronto of moving down those 10 spots was acquiring Thaddeus Young. So not bad at all. Thad Young is absolutely worth the 10 spots and really makes that team into that much more of a, uh, I don't know if they're a contender, but I know that they're a very, uh, they're a very solid team. I mean, I've been high on them too. Them. I've been high on them literally since preseason. They're about to already beat their over under projection for the year. Uh, I think they're like one game away from it. They're projected like thirty five wins or something like that. Uh, kind of crazy, but uh, they've already accomplished that. So the other one we got to kind of mention, uh, Spurs got. Uh, Alexander Walker. Wait, no, no, no. Sorry, my apologies. Spurs got Sadoransky in a second round pick. Uh, Blazers have Joe Ingles' corpse, Elijah Hughes in a second. Uh, and then Alexander Walker and Juancho Hernan Gomez around the Jazz. So we kind of we, we skipped some steps there. Uh, CJ McCollum also got traded. So. Let's go ahead and get into that one. That was the uh, was that the first trade that kind of kicked off uh, everything yesterday. Um, yeah, I, I yeah, think it was. I'd say so. Um, yeah, in terms of yesterday, the Levert trade was probably first for like the overall deadline. But well, I'd yeah. say for Portland, their deadline started when they really traded Norman Powell first. And then oh, that, oh, I, yeah. I completely forgot about that one. I forgot right. about that one. And too. then, because yeah, for Portland, like their deadline, I feel like has been probably the most controversial of all the of all the teams, just because they've given away so much. Debatable. Really, it, it, what? Well, I feel like they, Mavericks. I feel like, oh yeah, Mavericks for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah actually, well, yeah. we we have we yeah. have more on that. Don't <laughs> worry. We'll get we'll get to we'll get to the Mavs. I'm sorry, yeah, I completely forgot about that. But yeah, the Portland, I just like they're they're in a tough spot because it's like clearly it's just with with Dame and there's roster building strategy over the past few years under Neil Olshay was very flawed, and now under their new interim GM, it seems like that they're all these moves have basically come under the guise of just all right, we're just going to create a blank slate and whoever we hire in the off season, you know, they can figure out how they want to build the roster <laughs> because really the only player that they have to in this trade that they can really move forward with is Josh Hart. They got some picks. 
out of it and a ton of cap space. And that's really all about, you can say about their deadline. Um, and it, and I think on the, on the Pelican side, uh, getting CJ and Nance, um, will really help them kind of put the push into the plan. Um, and if, when they're completely healthy with Zion, um, that starting lineup should be very potent offensively. Um, but defensively they're like, they're, they're not going to be good at all. They just have no defensive depth. Um, so that's going to be a huge problem for them. So I don't really know if they really got really any better. I guess they, they're starting lineup wise. They're a little bit more consistent offensively now. Um, but in terms of their actual record, I don't know if it'll really impact them that much. Yeah. And there's, there's some really cool protections on that pick too. So one through four, New Orleans keeps the pick five through 14. It goes over to Portland and then 15 through 30, it'll go to Charlotte. Uh, because that's, they traded that pick in the Devonte Graham sign and trade from last year. Which, oh, by the way, that uh, whoever that point guard was that they traded away would be an absolutely perfect fit next to CJ McCollum and given their roster because he can actually defend. But alas, that wasn't in the cards. Um, I hope it's enough for them to push for the play in. Uh, I don't, I'm really impressed with it from, uh, from the perspective of uh, Portland here, though, with the whole deal because I didn't think they would be able to pull like at this point in the season preseason I think expecting a good player like I was huge on the Ben Simmons for CJ McCollum type swap rest in peace <laughs> CJ has aged he's still pretty good but I did not think there was any shot in hell that they would be able to get a lottery first round pick potentially for McCollum let alone with other pieces attached to it mainly Josh Hart here who solid role player, I would say, maybe in the upper 60% of role players. Uh, but I, I didn't think they would be able to get that potentially high of a first-round pick for CJ. So shout out them for that. Uh, they got some competition, though, down at the bottom. They currently sit uh, – they're in the 10 seed right now. They're a game ahead of Portland, and then – two and a half games about the Spurs and the Kings. So it's ugly at the bottom of the West, but if they make the play in and, you know, take this team into next year, there's potential for this to be a really uh, solid one. Do we want to get our shitting on the uh, Mavs out of the way now, or do we want to kind of push that off a little bit? Yeah, let's push it off. I mean, there's okay. still like a lot of good trades. That we yeah, can yeah, we'll, 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 we'll end with the shitty one. Um Let's see. Let's Should we bounce. do the Derek yeah. White? Yeah, yes. That, that's where I was on. So Derek White got traded from the Spurs to the Celtics in exchange for Josh Richardson, Romeo Langford, a first and a future yeah. pick swap. Uh, Romeo, shout out Indiana. <laughs> um, Romeo. I didn't realize Romeo was in that trade. Yeah, yeah. I didn't either. That's yep. how much of a bust he was. Well, he like everybody was hyping up Romeo at the beginning of the year, like they were saying he was going to take the big step, but I guess that's, that's a psych. I guess he's become really good defensively. But yeah. That's what he offense is. Offense right is just a liability. Yeah, which I, is he was weird. guarding Giannis and on, I think it was a game on TNT. He was guarding Giannis and the announcer is just like Romeo Langford's turned into a great defender. And he just picks up three fouls in like five <laughs> minutes. 
like obviously he was guarding out like that's not a great example but like yeah. it was it was a hilarious like because he was starting they're just trying to hype up but like a younger prospect but it's it's a boston i really enjoy the moves that they made they also are i believe completely beneath the luxury tax now with them trading off bulbul pj dozier uh and his freedom schroeder, schroeder uh Kabokolo. Richardson. Oh, and Richardson. Yeah, obviously. Uh, so my, my one concern, it's it's asking for a lot. I wish they would have been able to find some sort of true point guard instead of a combo, but that would have just been an absolute home run. Instead, I would say they hit like two triples or something like that because it was about as solid as they could have really hoped for, honestly. I feel as if they accomplished all their goals. Derek White and Marcus Smart playing next to each other is going to be absolutely disgusting on the defensive end. If you're a guard, and especially in the East too, I have no idea how you're going to be able to score on that. Yeah, I am I'm very high on the Celtics for the rest of the season. Uh, I think uh, this is an excellent trade. Um, you know, Derek White was one of those players when we were talking about the Spurs a few weeks ago. That's like, yeah, he's one of those players that just is, is it, you look at the Spurs roster and it's like, oh, well, like, yeah, he's an excellent player, like has done a lot for them. And now that he's on a really productive team, I feel like he's going to really shine. And it's exactly kind of what the Celtics needed because Schroeder, you know, is very kind of replacement level for them. And the fact that like Marcus Smart has developed so much of an offensive game, like every year he's improved there. And to be able to have another guard coming off of him too, but be able to play play off of him too is going to be so great for his development um, further. And I just think this starting five, now that they're fully together, um, it's going to be really exciting to watch them throughout the rest of the season. Now that they're healthy, they're they've actually they've actually won eight of the last ten games. Um, some of the some of them in very dominant fashion. So I really feel like that. Uh, their defense is especially just going to be able to carry them a lot throughout the postseason. So I, and I think their odds wise, they're only like plus 1600 to win the East and about plus 4,000 to win the NBA finals. And I feel like that's just weird pricing. They should be um, a a lot shorter than that. Um, Just be, just because I think that record wise, they'll, they'll probably have a, a pretty decent seed going in. And I just think, they're kind of being overlooked right now because of kind of their early season struggles, which I think could have a lot of been, could have been chalked up to health because there are a lot of games where they only had Brown or only had Tatum. And it's like when they need those guys both together to be able to win games. Is my, uh, is my Ime Odoka coach of the year pick alive? Is that a, is that a pulse that I'm feeling there? If, uh, if they're able to pull this shit off. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're I because I, honestly, it's like they were a team that I felt like was really searching for an identity early in the season. I think they've really found it now, and it's with it with their they've been a roster throughout the past few years that we've considered on the precipice of being on the title, uh, but it's just have never has never really come to fruition. Like their last chance they really had was in that bubble year where they kind of imploded versus Miami. Um, and just ever since then, they've just kind of been forgotten about. Brad Stevens, exec of the year. I can get down with that. Absolutely. If, if this Go is dog. able to, if this is able to kind of, uh, 
be pulled off, then uh, I could certainly get on board with that. And for uh, from the Spurs side too, I think they are dangerously close to uh, being relevant again. Specifically, I'm going to say next year. There's po- there's a possibility that they can actually go on a roll and steal a seed, maybe, or at least make some of those bottom teams sweat, which is ridiculous to say, considering they're 20 and 35, and they're two and a half games out of the, the play-in tournament. Um, but I really like a lot of the pieces that they have uh, kind of going forward, too. They don't need to pay Derek White now, which is nice. Uh DeJounte Murray's a stud. Pirtle's a stud that they can either keep or move on from next year on a very affordable deal. Plus, Josh Primo is going to be a major, major contributor sooner rather than later because he has, first off, he has like completely like remade his body. Like he's actually like got some beef to him now for the first time ever. Uh, and they've just done a great job kind of developing him. Devin Vassell as well is kind of starting to uh, turn that corner too. So things they, they have the potential to be very dangerous, almost like a, I don't know if the Hawks would be the best comparison to kind of how their rise was with kind of some of their younger guys uh, last year where they just kind of snuck up. But uh, I can certainly see that as an outcome pretty soon. Uh Montrezl went uh, from the Wizards to the uh, to the I was going to call them the Bobcats to the Hornets the uh, for Vernon Carey, who is in the league. No idea that was a thing. Uh, yeah, Smith, what? who I knew was still in the league because he dropped like twenty on the Lakers the other night. Uh, I think second round pick too um, for Montrezl. But yeah, so they. Uh, 48 minutes in the playoffs of uh, one of the, uh, who was it, Cody Zeller and uh, Montrez Harrell. Uh, little concerned about that, but uh, overall, I do think it's, it's in a, it's certainly, it's an improvement for the center position that they had. And if it's short term, that's fine. It gives Kai Jones a little bit more time to either develop or, uh, or get moved on from. And plus, if anyone, kind of like what I said with Cade earlier with Bagley, if anyone is going to make Montrez even more or more playable in the playoffs, it's going to be LaMelo Ball because that's you just gave him another vertical threat here, potentially, that could you know catch lobs, run pick and roll with him. So I think LaMelo is going to do a great job of kind of helping him be his best self specifically on the offensive end, which frankly is not something he's ever really needed assistance with before. So now that I'm wording it like that, I think I'm a little higher on this deal than I initially was. Yeah. I think this, I think for Charlotte, like, um, like it's just a good fit offensively for them. Like they play so fast paced, like mantras should be able to fit in. So per- like perfectly for that for the rest of the season. Um, I do feel like for the Wizards, though, uh, I, 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 I'm a little sad about kind of how their season has went. Because um, going into the year, I felt like that they did such a good job of getting depth for Russell Westbrook. And then uh, I, I, just, I, I just think that 
I just think that they've kind of just melted down and I think the management has just clearly just given up on this roster. Um, but, you know, from the Porzingis and Beal, like, I guess we'll see what that is like next season, <laughs> um, which is kind of a, it, it'll be kind of an, it, it'll be interesting to see kind of how they fit together. But uh, um, I don't know. I was kind of sad. I wish they, that they kind of would have been able to play the year out, but they should be able to get a solid pick now in the lottery potentially because it, their, their roster is pretty terrible. Yeah, especially because Beal's not playing the rest of the year. They're going to be terrible. Like, the Pacers are going to have to battle for that last seed. Kylie, or last pick. Anyway. Tanking for Jabari. Yeah. That ain't going to be a tanking necessity. You got to tank, like, not quite hard enough to get Jabari at this point. Uh, Oh, wait, sorry, sorry. What? You said Jabari. I thought you said Paolo. My bad. Yeah. You could get Paulo maybe at four or five now, right? You want to know who my favorite Pacers fit is right now, uh, given that they move on from Brogdon? Do not say Chet. I'm going to say Jaden Ivey I, I, because uh, just think about like Jaden Ivey in that backcourt. Uh, gets to stay in Indiana too. Uh, yeah, be Ivey so cool. and Halliburton would be beautiful. That would be a wonderful, wonderful I would go backcourt. to games. Yeah, two dollars. That's a fun backcourt. I like both those guys a lot. Two dollar tickets now. Um, Pacers <laughs> right now for those keeping score at home, they are five games ahead in the win column of having quote top first overall pick odds. So they're five games ahead of the Rockets. Of course, the bottom three seeds all have the same. Uh, percentage chance of winning the first overall pick um so yeah right now if, if we were just going strictly on draft order it would go pistons magic rockets thunder and then the pacers there at five so they're gonna get somebody good if they stay stick around there yeah i'm just hoping that they don't uh peak too early uh or peak too late in this season rather and end up in that kind of cursed eight to twelve range that they like sitting in but then again, I've also been loving what I've seen from Jalen Duran recently, so maybe that wouldn't be the worst thing. But uh, enough enough draft talk. I'm cutting myself off here. Not going <laughs> to go on a tangent. Uh, we are focused on the present, at least somewhat. Uh, are we ready for the uh, the big Kahuna here? Yep. Let's do it, and then uh, shit on the shit on the Mavs. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I'm sure you've probably heard this by the time that. This has come out. Uh, shoot, they've probably both debuted by the time this comes out. But Harden and Millsap to the Sixers for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round picks. Pretty uh, cool protections on that uh, first pick as well. So it can be either this year or they can defer it to next year. I've never heard of that before, frankly. Uh I'm not sure in what situation you necessarily do that outside of you trying to trade for someone in the off season. Um, but that's pretty cool. And then they've got the, I want to say it's the 2027 and 2028 pick protected one through eight, which will then turn into two seconds and like 2.3 million bucks or something like that. So a lot of 
yeah, that the, is it's protected enough. Like, yeah, it's it's the 2027 pick protected one through eight. And then it, if it doesn't convey, it goes to the next year. Same protections to, to, to that uh, 2029, two, two seconds and two million dollars. I believe that's the yeah. total protection. And it's good, too, for uh, so I'm an Oklahoma City fan, as most know. But uh, we have their first round pick in uh, 2025. And it's uh, it's top six protected. I don't think shit's going to blow up by then. But you never know, given kind of the health issues that those two guys have had. Um, so there's a possibility we may end up with a pretty nice pick there in uh, in three years. But like like I said, that's future. That's all the future I'm really going to talk about. Uh, winners and losers, I'll... Uh, I'll go ahead and kick this off here. Uh, I think the bit, biggest winner is COVID because it successfully broke up what was going to be like one of the coolest super teams of all time, given Kyrie's uh, attitudes towards the subject. Um, it that's That could be the biggest NBA what if for me is that team. Uh, their big three ended up with, I believe it was 16 games together. Uh it is a damn shame because that was going to be a really, really cool Fucking team. Nuts. Uh, overall though, I've, because of the protections on the picks and Harden opting in next for next season as well, which I think are both huge. I do like this deal from both sides. Initially I was leaning very kind of heavily towards the, uh, the net side of the th- things here, given that they get Simmons who, this is me assuming that they're going to convince him to be Draymond Green. Uh, if he can slot into that role, you've got Seth Curry who can shoot, Andre Drummond who might start for the Nets, which is weird. Yeah, I think he will. Um, plus the two first-round picks that you can either use yourself or trade later on. Uh, I think they made out really well here. Uh, once I learned about the protections and stuff like that, you're going all in on on Embiid's MVP candidate year, uh, as well as next season too. There won't be a big drop-off. Uh, and the guy that you're acquiring too, like Daryl Morey, he won here. Like he got what he wanted. Simmons got what he wanted. Uh, it, I'm very surprised that the situation ended up playing out in in kind of this way. And on top of that too, like this is effectively to me, like this is the end of the process right here. This is like the completion of the process. You had those picks that you made that you traded for. Simmons was the last guy. Now it's Embiid plus the MVP candidate that you were also able to acquire via the process in kind of a roundabout way. So very, very impressed with, how kind of this all ended up and even more excited for the 30 for 30 that'll come out in like 20 years on it. Yep. Sam Hinkie died for this. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's a, an amazing day for the Daryl fans. Um, the reunion of Harden and, and Daryl. Um, it's, you know, something that we've wanted or at least something that something that we've thought was coming for a little bit. Um, past few months uh especially of how Harden was kind of discontent with the situation in brooklyn um overall i feel like it 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 was a fair 
give up for the for the 76ers um you know i think that's to have a, a year and a, at least a year and a half of an mvp potential player to be to pair with Embiid and the young talent around them you know is is going to be really exciting and they didn't really have to give up too much long term um you know we'll see what happens obviously in the future there's always you know potential for anything to happen like I, I remember, you know, everybody was talking about how stupid the the Rockets side of the Harden trade was, but then now, like, who knows how how those pick swaps are going to be able to turn out down the line um, with the Nets. Um, so uh, it, it'll be really interesting to see how how, how it goes this any six years. I think it's really exciting. Um, I don't know if they'll win this year. You know, I think it's it's probably going to take some time for them to be able to figure it all out. Uh, but um, they're a really fun team and they should have a really great chance to make it out of the East this year. Um, on the net side though, I mean, I do think it's a great trade for them long-term. Like they got a lot of pieces and depth, which they needed on their roster because clearly right now it's like, they've been really struggling. Like their pieces that they currently have have not been enough. Um, and uh, I just think that, while defensively they needed some of these players, especially Ben Simmons, um, I'm just not so sold that it's going to work out right away. Um, just like with everything that's happened with this team, you know, a lot of the stuff that they've done has looked good on paper and has just has has yet to to come to fruition. And uh, I feel like that um, they should be a still a very solid team, but I could see a similar situation panning out like last year where they have this whole squad together. They're going to look really promising. Everyone's going to be really excited about them. And then the playoffs come along and then there's just going to be some weird funky shit that's happening. Like, Oh wait, Oh, Kyrie's going to be out for this game in Brooklyn. And then it's like, okay, then they lose that game and or they're going to go to Milwaukee and then they have Kyrie. Oh, wait, they're losing there. It's like, it's, I can see just a similar situation happening like last year where they're just like, Oh, well, it, it looks cool and maybe we'll win next year, but you know, I don't know. It's just, it's, for a lot of what the Nets have done, it's just theoretically, it could be really amazing. And it's just, I have to have yet to see it. That'll do it. I don't really have much to say about this, to be honest. We can move on to the next trade unless Kylie wants to talk about it. I mean, are we for sure that Simmons is like just going to play right away? Or? I think it's going to i'm guessing it'll be like a week or two um he's gotta officially graduate from his uh psychiatric yeah he gotta he gotta ramp up a little bit um are they I'm bringing, excited though. did they trade the uh the shrink the therapist with them too <laughs> I, i'm sure i'm sure that they uh <laughs> they probably got the resources i think a lot of his shit too was i'm, I'm gonna take an educated guess and say most of it was kind of location and situationally based but uh that's neither uh neither here nor there i think without Kyrie, like let's say they lord <laughs> god forbid they get the seventh seed and have to host home games uh i think they can survive the absence of Kyrie uh with simmons and the pieces that they have uh shit katie almost got it done himself uh real quick uh chime in on the Harden trade the last one Biggest winner of that Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, kind of weird to think about, but uh, 
Cavs ended up winning that one, in my opinion. Uh, all right, Dallas, you're in the uh, firing range here. Uh, what the fuck are we doing? Is I guess how I'll uh, I'll start that. Uh, Chris Dapps in a second go to the Wizards for Dinwiddie and Bertans. Uh, I was expecting a follow up move of some sort. Dallas isn't like they're not worse off. I except I don't. They I think that they are actually slightly worse off. I think it's a a lateral move at best. And going forward, I think they'll be they'll be all right with it. But I do not want to see the consistent Dwight Powell center minutes uh, that are kind of coming up because uh, it's going to be Kleber, Powell, and Marquise Chris with some Boban minutes at at the five for them. Um, it's weird, just a weird uh, weird trade. Yeah, I don't really understand what they're doing either long term. Um, you know, it, it feels like that they uh like getting getting uh um Dinwiddie and Bertans just felt like an easy way to get out of Chris Stapps's contract and just to get kind of bring in some some guys in the fold who could be productive offensively. But um I mean I just think that this this team just I don't know. They, they, they could be, they could be really exciting, I guess, in the playoffs. If they're all healthy, they, they definitely like against some certain, certain off uh, certain teams, like, I guess, Utah, I guess they could really match up well against them with some of the spacing they could provide and athleticism, but um, like still just defensively, I just, they're, they really just are not going to match up well against a lot of teams. And I think that's going to be the big problem is that, they're gonna they're gonna have to rely on Luca to have to go off in a lot of these games still, and it's just I I just really fail to see what the what the long term plan is with the Mavs. Brunson gone too, uh, unrestricted free agent this upcoming off season. It's it's hard for me to kind of see the uh... and they just paid Dorian Finney Smith, right? Yeah, which I think it, it's a great. I really like that contract. I will say um, they still have some interesting pieces. I'm a little surprised Josh Green is still on the roster. Uh, I could have very easily seen him kind of getting shipped off or shipped off in some minor move to bring back a piece like you know a center. But uh, yeah, that didn't happen. Last call yeah. on shitting on the maps. Nah, they they shit on themselves. Yeah, and I, and I just think that this was, like I said, like the easy way to get out of the Porzingis situation. I think they knew they fucked up with that trade, um, you know, shortly after they made it. And then um, it just is ever since then, you know, I, I feel like they've been shopping him around. And this is probably the first time they felt like they could really pull the trigger. And I think they're just kind of like, let's just do this, like we'll get out of this situation. I'm so surprised though, because I think from the Wizards' perspective too, it's like, while <laughs> while Dallas got out of one situation, they got out of two, like that Dimwitty contract and the Bertons deal. They are not looking good right now. Um, 
I have confidence that they'll be able to kind of make up for it, but it, it's very interesting to kind of see. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, we better hope it for Dallas. They better hope it pays out too, because uh, if not, you, uh, I, I think they may have fucked up kind of a good thing going here. Cause I really like, I felt better about Chris Stapp's, uh kind of, this year than I have in in a, at, at least the last I'd say two years um, this year was the best I felt about him and I just think in the future it's like if you're a superstar player like it, it, I don't th- I feel like it's gonna be kind of intimidating to want to go there because it's so clear that they're just like Luca 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 like all about Luca and it's just like you, you know and Porzingis had kind of it, had been he, he had kind of been the scapegoat for all of their problems, especially in the playoffs. Agreed. Agreed. Agreed there. Uh and I mean we gave him a ton of shit too. I think rightfully so. Uh but with that being said though it is it's Luca's uh it's certainly Luca's show. Um there was almost a John Wall for Westbrook swap, but that didn't happen because the Rockets won the first round pick. <laughs> and the Lakers said, hell no. Um, they just didn't want Russ back in Houston. Man, I you know, I've I've come to terms with it. I am okay with Russ being our generation's Allen Iverson. Uh, I'm all right with that. He is my AI. He played for my team forever. Uh, and that's okay. Uh, hurts to see. However, uh, I'm acknowledging it openly here. Uh, he is cooked. <laughs> yep. Fixed up. RIP Lakers. Yeah. Great, yeah, great deadline. <laughs> I mean, they had, they had nothing they could do, but like, <laughs> yeah. geez, it's rough. Um, Good. All right. Last there. Uh, absolute last calls. We got like 60 seconds left, maybe tops. Uh Wyoming's anything, the or- Wyoming's the team of the podcast. That's that's our that's the official take and the official stance of Sigs Inside. Yep. Wyoming, uh tech it, got made uh, by me. Tech got oh, and Texas Tech. Yeah, they can be we it's like a it's a union. It's- 1A, 1B. We've got a yeah. teams of the pod next podcast. That should be pretty fun to do. Uh, last trade, KZ Okpala got traded to OKC for a second round pick. So let's go. That's pretty cool. Uh, game changer. Yeah, game changer. Thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll have more next week as per usual. And that's that. Peace, love, sports. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> <laughs>